Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. And welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we're getting personal and going to talk about some of the most overlooked parts of the job search because I believe your success goes way beyond the resume tips and networking strategies. It's personal, it's psychological, meaning we must also address key concepts such as vulnerability, authenticity, gender, and even imposter syndrome as we embark upon our career journeys. And that's why today I brought on our next guest, Niatu Bensiential, who was named a 2022 LinkedIn top voice in job search and careers. Niatu is a holistic career coach who helps ambitious professionals of color successfully navigate their job search while remaining authentic to themselves. Niatu holds a master's level training in mental health counseling, allowing him to provide holistic support by creating space for the personal, professional, and psychological in his work with clients. He has over 10 years of experience in the career development space, including five plus years as the senior career advisor at Ivy Exec, an online professional development platform. Through this platform, he provided job search, resume, and career guidance to over 5,000 global clients. Niatu was born in London, raised in New York City, finished high school in Accra, Ghana, and spent a full year studying abroad in Paris. He is a husband and a father to a wonderful nine-year-old girl. So as you can see, Niatu is going to be amazing. We're gonna get personal here with some key concepts. So gear up, get ready with our 261st episode of the Career Warrior Podcast. Niatu, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Chris. Absolute pleasure to be here. It's always funny and weird hearing your full bio right out, but I appreciate you really leaning into that (laughs) (laughs) and covering my whole background to introduce me to your wonderful audience. And to all of you listening out there, thank you for tuning in. I look forward to connecting with you, supporting you, and just really having great conversation and sharing some insights with Chris that I hope will be helpful to all of you out there. And you are such a powerhouse and such a good person to follow on LinkedIn. We've been following you on social media for quite some time. So the key messages that you are putting out there are obviously resonating with so many job seekers out there. And if I had to guess, it's this is you likely pulling from your own experience and speaking from a place of empathy to help people in their careers. So I'll just ask you point blank, why do you think so many job seekers are picking up the messages that you're putting down? What's resonating with people? That's a really great question, Chris. And it's funny to try and think about what's working, why you're connecting as a content creator, because when you start out, you don't know who's going to pay attention or why to what it is that you're sharing. But I think what it comes down to is that I really try to be intentional about recognizing people's humanity and their personhood as relates to being a professional, as relates to the job search and career development process, because that element is somehow stripped out in the common uh, language and discussion when it comes to being a professional. People almost feel as though we need to be a robot if we're professional, that somehow we're divorced from being human and that you show up, you do your work, you go home. And once you leave the office, that's when your humanity starts again. And I don't think that's correct for me because my background and my training, it's been really important for me to address mental health, emotions as really valid discussion points as part of being a professional because we experience them every single day and our work impacts our emotions. And as you shared in the intro, I believe in addressing the personal, professional, psychological because they're all interconnected. How I show up in the workplace can be affected by what my mental health state is. It can be affected by what's going on at home for me. 
And so we are taught as professionals to just shut those things off. And of course, I'm not advocating right. being unprofessional. We have to get our work done, all of that. But it's recognizing that if someone has a sick child or sick parent that they have to be supporting, that might impact how they show up in an interview, in a networking conversation, or how they show up at work on a day-to-day -day basis. And it's been really critical for me to try and push that to the forefront so we have a more empathetic view uh, within the professional space of what that can look like. And then yeah. when we talk specifically about the job search, it's full of ups and downs. It's rife with rejection. <laughs> and there are all these variables beyond our control. And how does that not impact people at an emotional and mental health level? And I got to talk about that as well. And so it's really born of a need to focus on things that I feel are under-discussed in the job search and career development space. And also born of a lens that I can't turn off based on mental health counseling training. That's yes. I think what's been resonating with people is just adding that human element back into the discussion. And I think people have really latched onto that. And such a great primer. Thank you for opening up with that because, you know, I'm a firm believer too. I think, you know, one of the reasons why mental health has been this motif of the podcast is because I know it's so important to address it at all levels because job seekers, they're dealing with the rejection. They're dealing with all of these emotional elements and aspects and you know it cannot be forgotten and so that's why i look to you and i was just reviewing your profile and i love that you're so upfront about it that you're holistic with people you're addressing beyond just what people assume are just the professional aspects with you i'm glad we're going beyond just the networking strategies and going a little bit deeper so i'll open up by asking you about vulnerability in the job search i think vulnerability is a really good subtopic but what does this mean this concept of being vulnerable in your job search sure vulnerability i think takes on many different flavors and iterations within the job search process I think one of the first places I'll start with is that vulnerability can mean asking for help, especially from those who are close to you. And that's something that people have a lot of different relationships with when it comes to asking for help. Some people do it very easily. If you want to quickly just talk about the gender divide, far more of my clients are women versus men because men are not as great talking broad strokes in terms of asking for help and support when they need it. Okay. And so, you know, asking for help is a vulnerable moment because that mm. lets someone know that you have a problem and cannot solve it on your own. So that's one of the first places where vulnerability can come in. In addition, being honest and direct with what your needs are within a job search. Very, a lot of my clients often say, you know, I don't want to you know, look like I'm desperate or I don't want to bother people when they're asking right. for something as straightforward as an introduction. And so not to say that that doesn't take, you know, a bit of social capital and all of those things, not pushing that aside. However, getting introduction, asking for a meeting or conversation, asking someone to send you job postings if they become aware of them within their company, those are necessary asks within the job search process, but people feel often burdened in asking them, and that can be a vulnerable place as well. And then when we get to the other side of the job search in terms of having to interface directly with employers, sometimes it can be a vulnerable moment to share things about your past. Whether it's, you know, sharing a difficult work situation, perhaps you were laid off or perhaps you're let go for performance issues or something like that. That's vulnerability or sharing if you need a sure. work accommodation or have some sort of non-visible disability. And so that is also a very vulnerable moment. And so it can be very challenging for those of us in the job search process to feel safe in opening up to others, uh, whether it's those who are close to us or perfect strangers. And that can be a very important thing to navigate in the job search because it can be a barrier to success if you're unable to be okay. vulnerable when it would be beneficial to you. 
Okay, so let's press into that a little bit more. So being vulnerable when it's beneficial to you. And we had a conversation earlier where you said, you know, we shouldn't just be vulnerable for the sake of being vulnerable. So how do I navigate this as a job seeker and really use it for what it's supposed to be? Sure. I come to the when to use vulnerability based on my training as a mental health counselor. We were taught in my master's program that when as a therapist, you choose to be vulnerable, you have to be really intentional about it. This vulnerability for the sake of vulnerability. Oh, let me, you know, just try, you know, it's about you more so than the person, right? In the counseling setting, sharing a personal story that is either helping you work stuff out or you're showing off. I don't know what the motivation is, but in the the counseling setting, if you do choose to self-disclose, then it's about, can I build a bridge with my client? Can I help them feel more seen because I'm sharing something with them that I've experienced and might resonate with them? Is this share going to be supportive to their healing process? Those are the questions as a therapist you're supposed to ask yourself before you disclose. And I think something similar can be translated into our everyday lives. Am I sharing for my own benefit or is my sharing going to help the individual interacting with at that time? So for job seekers, is sharing going to help you build a connection with someone you're networking with? I'm not saying to use it to emotionally manipulate the situation, to be clear, but does it help to advance your connection? Does it help to build commonality or community? Does it help the person to understand your circumstances better to help them see inside what you're going and therefore enable them to assist you better because you were willing to be vulnerable and share, I have this particular challenge, you know, whatever that might be going on at this time. And so if you are careful and intentional with sharing, I think it can open up doors to have stronger connections with people and to get the help that you really need. Because if you don't make your full needs clear, you might get 50 or 60% of the help that you actually are looking for. Whereas if you share just that little bit more properly and intentionally, you could get that 100% help that you actually do need. So you'll, by being more open, you end up being more honest with other people, more honest with yourself. And so mm-hmm. you'll have just a better, more authentic job search, I think. And so, and I think, by the way, for those of you listening, I think Nia too is a great example of being vulnerable also to serve others, not just to serve himself. I mean, I just saw you posted something recently about imposter syndrome, which you Mm -hmm. had encountered earlier, but also used it to relate to other job seekers and how they go through the same things themselves. And Mm -hmm. so I'm like, gosh, that's such a great example of that because how many other people are feeling the same exact way? And by sharing that, how can I serve others? Mm -hmm. So I think that's great. And that was also one of the subtopics I wanted to bring up was imposter syndrome, by the way. But Mm -hmm. first of all, thank you for being you and serving other job seekers (laughs) in that way. And and yes, if you could delve into just what about imposter syndrome? What about this feeling of not being enough and wanting to transition into whatever I need to move to? Sure. When it comes to imposter syndrome, I first want to recognize that the majority of adults are going to experience it at some point within their life or career. I think the stats say that about 70% of people are experiencing imposter syndrome at some point. And so I just want to first start by normalizing it. You're not alone. You're not off or not in touch with your feelings if you realize, hey, I'm feeling some type of way about my place in the world and in my career. Just using an example from my everyday, as a resume writer, one of the most vulnerable moments for me where my imposter syndrome kicks in might be when I send a resume to a client after finishing the first draft. Are they going to like it? Do I know what I'm doing? Am I going to be found <laughs> out? You know, are they going to are they going to yeah. want their money back? Right. So yeah. these are some of my thoughts. Even though I have, you know, I'm approaching the 150 client mark. 
I've never had to rewrite a resume for anyone because they're dissatisfied. And I know from anecdotal reports from my clients themselves, they've gotten jobs, gotten interviews and all these things. Yet somewhere within me, there's still this question about whether or not what I'm doing is good enough, right? Or if I meet a client who is 10, 15 years older than me, they have a C, you know, in their title. I'm like, Mm -hmm. how in the world am I going to help this person? And so I just want to share that to say the imposter syndrome, you know, is real. I'm working on it as we all are. In the job search, I think it shows up in several ways. It can show up in terms of, well, what do you apply for and what do you steer away from applying for? And so imposter syndrome could have you counting yourself out of things you're very much well qualified for. It could show up in you not understanding your full value in the marketplace and undervaluing your services and not negotiating for a higher salary, not negotiating at all for a higher salary, let alone knowing your worth, right? It can also impact whether within a current job that you're holding, if you go for stretch assignments, if you raise your hand for high visibility projects and can even get down to the level of just having difficulty networking or talking about your achievements, whether within your workplace and just letting people know what you're up to and how well you're doing, or externally when you're trying to build a connection and say, hey, I've got value, I'm doing awesome work in my current role. And so imposter syndrome, just to you know break it down, I should have started here, is this fundamental questioning of your value, fear of being found out as you know an imposter within whatever it is you're doing, and this cycle of just inability to internalize success, overworking, perfectionism. There are a lot of different layers to it. Just That's just a very quick primer, but it's something yeah. that you know many of us experience and can impact us in the immediate term and the long term in our career development. Yeah, that is such good insight and it makes a lot of sense. And I've encountered it in my own life. You know, I think it seems like every cycle or every time period I'm encountering it at some point, but having to remind myself that hey, this is a journey. I'm also here to learn. And not everyone, you know, first of all, not everyone's perfect. Even the people you look up to have their things that they could work on. But I think that's a really, really a good reminder for people. And I think we need to be honest with ourselves. And I want to ask you about the concept of authenticity. I know that's something that's often tied with imposter syndrome or just Mm -hmm. with the job search. But what does this concept of being authentic to ourselves when we're looking for the right career, what does this mean? Because I think no one really starts with the intention of not being themselves when they're going out to a networking event mm-hmm. or meeting somebody or interviewing. But what does it mean to be authentic as a job seeker and why is this helpful? Right. Uh, just tying in to finish off the imposter syndrome part, uh, one yeah. aspect of imposter syndrome can be not showing up authentically in an, in an intellectual sense. So, for example, holding back your opinion or not expressing your true opinion. And therefore you're not being intellectually honest with the folks that are around you because you're fearing what the consequence might be of you sharing your true opinion. If we then jump into the job search process, there is a fear of, hey, if I show up as my authentic self, I might not get a job. Will I be accepted? Can I be my full self within this work environment? And so these are all very natural and valid questions to ask, but they are starting with a bit of a deficit mindset and they are blocking you from, you know, seeking an environment that will accept you for who you are. That should be our primary goal. For everyone listening out there, I just want to say that you should not be bending and fully submerging who you are in order to fit into a particular work environment because ultimately it might get you the job in the short run, but in the long run, it'll lead to dissatisfaction and unhappiness and right. need to repeat that job search really, really quickly. And so what does this look like? In an interview situation, you're doing your level best to fit into what you perceive the culture is in that company. 
you're not asking the questions that might be screening that company, see if it's the right fit for you in terms of values, support, work style, communication style, leadership profile, all those things that might be crucial to your success. And you are compromising for the sake of getting a job faster. So let's say you get that job by being inauthentic to who you are. They didn't hire you. They hired your representative who's faking till they made it to get the job. And so when the real you shows up at that job after you get the offer, you know, day in and day out for weeks and months on end, you will learn that this was not the right place for you because you didn't show up as your authentic self from the jump. And so it leads to mismatch both on the employer side and on your side. Chris and I are here representing you guys, and we want to make sure that you're getting a job that says, yes, you know, we want you, Chris, with everything you showed up with in the interview process that fits for us. It adds to our workplace, you know, our culture in a positive way. Not that you're the same as everyone, but you're going to add to our culture, that concept of cultural ad versus cultural fit. But ultimately, we want you not to do yourself a disservice by not being your full self in the job okay. search process because the results will end up having you just unhappy or in a toxic you know, environment or one that simply just isn't a good fit. Yeah, and that's not good for anyone. I mean, A, you're gonna wanna quit, you'll be miserable and it's not gonna be sustained. And you know, for the employer, they're not gonna have the best engagement and they're gonna lose you. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, once again, reminding people, if you know, finances aside, don't get a job just because it's a job and you, you just think it's the right thing to do. It's, it's important to understand where you fit. And a topic that ties into this again, beautifully is how gender personality and culture can impact the job search. I think that has a lot to do with being authentic, but I'll just ask you very open-endedly, how does gender personality and culture, how does that have its influence on where I'm going to next in my job search? Right. Um, I've written a couple of articles about this, which I'll, I'll be happy to give to you to put in the show notes. But broad strokes, the way that gender personality and culture impact us in the job search is in terms of how we show up literally and figuratively in the job search process. So let's start out with the resume, for example. Based on your cultural background, your gender and or personality, you may hide in your resumes in the following ways, underselling your achievements, as in not taking full credit for things that you did, deflecting uh, praise, saying we more so than I, that sometimes is very directly tied to gender, or if you come from a collectivist culture. So for example, I, my background is from Ghana, we're a collectivist mm-hmm. West African culture. And so the unit is prized above the individual. And so that might lead me in the way that I show up in my resume to not take full credit or ownership of things that I did because I've been taught not to center myself uh, or, okay. right? or in terms of bragging, right? I was taught very explicitly not to brag and not to boast, but I'm in the United States now in order to get a job, I really have to put forward in a bold way my achievements. And so that's a cultural aspect. That's a, and also for me, my personality, the example I was used as a kid growing up playing soccer, I was always a greatest sister and never someone who was always questing to score a goal, right? I had the ability to do so, but I prefer to provide the pass that led towards the goal. And so just by personality, I'm not looking for the spotlight. And so these things factor into the resume writing. In an interview situation, again, how do you present? Are you very bold, take ownership and very direct about what you've done? Or do you sidestep? If you're someone who's a person of color, if you're someone who is from the LGBT community, you have give, gotten messages from the world, from society, that you cannot show up in certain ways as your full self because you might be stereotyped. And therefore, you're suffering from stereotype threat. You know, if you're a woman, all these different things can play into how in those settings, 
you are if you feel forced to stick to some sort of script that doesn't allow you to okay. show up as your full and most authentic self. And so I could go, you know, on and on and on about this. I hope that was helpful just kind of over because it's such a big thing. You know, it shows. I can imagine that, you know, this obviously this is very huge at play. But the question is, does your identity, whether it be your personality, your gender, where you came from, how much of that adapts to the needs of your job search versus, you know, or, or let's say like whatever job you're applying for versus you should really be selecting the companies that fit perfectly with your identity. How much of that is a give and take? What's your opinion there? Right. My wife is a social worker. And one of the things that she comes back to so often because of the complexity of social work is that life is both and, right? So in direct response uh -huh. to your question, it's both and. It's both finding ways to adapt yourself to the requirements of what it takes to get a job recognizing the cultural context that you're in, recognizing the rules of the game, and okay. to be clear, without losing yourself, right? And it's also about trying to find a place that is accommodating of you and who you are and all you bring to the table. So it's both and. When I speak with clients, let's use the collectivist you know, uh, background as an example. America is an individualistic country. We all know that. It's very direct, very bold, accomplishment-driven, all of that. In an interview setting, they might be looking for you to express a strong inner driver motivation for succeeding. Whereas you've grown up being motivated by succeeding for your group. And so how can you pivot that to be successful within the corporate setting? Well, I will do everything to make sure my team succeeds. I'm willing to feel, step into the gap and step into the void if I see a need within my team so that we can all be successful. So based on my orientation, I will, I'm the consummate team player because of my background, because of my culture. And I'll ensure that all is being invested in our collective success, right? So clearly, okay. I just freestyle that example. No, no, but that's that, awesome. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that that's adapting your own personal cultural background within the context that you're currently living in, and trying to turn it into an advantage by framing it in a way that makes sense to your audience, right? So I can do that, and in addition, I can take the time up front in my job search to write down what are my values right now in terms of what I care about within the workplace. What are my priorities? Do I need a flexible schedule? Because I have, you know, for me, I'm about to be a father of two. Um, and so if I was looking for a full-time job right now, my values and priorities would be shifting. I want to be able to be home or, or knock off work at a certain time. I want the flexibility to be able to spend time with my kids. I need more money because I need to provide for my family. So these values and priorities and drivers coming from the personal side of my life are impacting my professional search. And therefore, I can be intentional and in looking for companies that will align with my needs that I've taken the time to be introspective about and write down and ask questions about when I'm networking, when I'm interviewing, all of that yeah. to determine the fit. So both and. I love that. Thank you so much for your answer, because I think it would be unrealistic for people to expect that, you know, the perfect company out there is waiting for them to embrace their every little aspect of their identity, which I just don't think it makes any sense. And not that everyone expects that, but I think there has to be that give and take. And then again, you shouldn't go into a company, whereas they're not going to accept you. They're not going to give you the tools needed to succeed, given where you're coming from. So I think that makes a lot of sense. And that should give people some clarity and hopefully some, I guess, relief there in that there is no, I guess, perfect company out there.
Yeah, there isn't. There isn't. I think that it's fair for us to say, yes, there's no perfect company, but there are companies that are a better fit for you than others. And so I just encourage everyone listening to, again, think about what your non-negotiables are, your priorities, your desires, your values, literally write them down, flesh them out, be specific as you want, because yeah. it allows you to have your own personal reference point or standards or criteria against which you can screen as you learn about new companies and opportunities, as you network. When I work with my clients, I ask them to generate values-based questions. So if you prioritize, the, an example I always use is a, a client of mine valued risk and adventure in the workplace, right? And he came up with a question that asked companies what their risk tolerance or the appetite was for new ideas and experiments and projects. And he was at a senior level if they allotted any operational budget or capital budget to go after these new ideas. And so that's him manifesting his value in a question that would allow him to see if an employer was going to meet his value of risk and adventure in the workplace. And so all of you have the power to do that and ask those questions to screen the company because they're screening you. So I just want to empower you all that it's a give and take. You're on equal footing. And whether it comes to the benefits you need, accommodations, the work style, all those things, ask about it because with the information, you're empowered to make a more informed decision as to whether or not this is the right employer for you. Wonderful. Thank you for bringing that to the table. I don't know if that has ever been articulated so well on this podcast, but I think you really brought it to light and did a really good job with that answer. I'll ask before getting your final words of advice here. You know, clearly in 2022, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on with the job search landscape. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're in year two of this pandemic, you know, everything is shifted. We're still very much a job seekers market. What do you think is next for the world of job seekers? Where do you think that we're headed? Sure. I think that so first off, recognize the pandemic has been incredibly difficult in many different ways for all of us, right? And it has caused the world to take a step back to reevaluate how things have been up until this pandemic started. The positive side of that is I think there's more empathy, there's more humanity, and there is more of an impetus for employers to recognize, validate, and serve employees and candidates in a way that is more accommodating and supportive of them. So it is becoming more and more a job seekers market in my view, in terms of, you know, the fight for talent is, it's, it's an arms race these days. And my apologies for the language, pardon me, given what's going on uh, right now, I didn't, make, didn't mean to make light of that, but it's a really serious competition yeah, in terms is. of salary, in terms of, you know, workplace perks, benefits, all these things to try and at attract top talent. So I'd encourage everyone out there listening to try and take advantage of that and really be clear about what you want. Because if one employer doesn't give it to you, it's quite possible another employer will. And this is not about, you know, playing a ransom game or a bidding war and all of that, but just the, again about being clear and intentional about going after what you want. And so my constant advice in the job search is to start with yourself. If you have the ability, the latitude, the financial runway to take a pause and step back and really think about what it is you want. I say do retrospective on your career. What work environments and experiences have worked well for you and what didn't work well for you? What features of work environments do you wanna see for sure in your next job? And what do you wanna avoid, you know, like the plague in your next job? Write those things down and this will give you clarity and the ability to be more discerning as you progress in your search process and allow you to ultimately come happier. So Chris, just a real quick question. For your last vacation, how much research did you do for that? 
Oh gosh, my last vacation. It's hard to remember because my last vacation was a workcation. So there was a lot of research <laughs> involved because I wanted uh -huh. to get it done right, but a pretty good amount. Yeah, yeah, right. And so I asked that because very often we are prone to do way more research for a vacation than we do for the next employer we're going to be working with, right? Because <laughs> um, we, we're trying to maximize our experience at our yeah. vacation destination, right? We want the best hotel at the best price we can get it. We want it close to, you know, good restaurants, yeah. good experiences. Do I all fly? These things, do I drive? You know, yeah, and all, yeah. Exactly. You know, best transportation and all of that. So we do lots of research for a one or two week vacation. Compare that to the amount of research we do for an employer going to be working at for, you know, a year at least, if not longer, 40 plus hours a week. And so I would just encourage everyone to take that vacation research energy and apply it to the research you do for your next employer and really dial into what is going to make that opportunity the best for you. The same way we look at what's going to make our vacation the best for us. And that's a great way to look at the job search because you're trying to, I want my clients to have longevity and happiness in whatever form it looks like for them. Oh gosh. Well, Nia too, I love hearing you riff, man. I think not only are you great, you know, writing things, posting on social media, but actually speaking with you has been quite an honor. So thank you for everything. And I'll ask you what final words of wisdom, actually I'll ask it this way. It's been a mm -hmm. while since I've asked it, mm -hmm. but if you can tattoo one message for every job seeker who is looking to find their next best thing, what would that thing be? That would be, you are unique and you are enough. And the reason I'd have that is I want people to really recognize and lean into their own unique story and pathway because no one can tell a story that you can tell. So at the top of the show, you read my bio out, right? I was born in London. I was raised in New York City. I finished high school in Ghana, spent a year abroad in France. And I've had this, you know, winding career path that has led me to being accents entrepreneur to open this business and become a career coach. And so everything that I've been through, the sum of all these parts make me who I am today. It allows me to show up how I show up to serve my clients and to do what it is that I do. If we change any one of those factors, I don't know if I'd be here talking to you right now. <laughs> and so while there have been ups and downs and challenging times, I'm learning to really embrace and lean into that story because it's mine. And I just really want to encourage people to lean into and embrace their story and because it allows you to run in your own lane that no one else can run in. And that's how you succeed in the job search. You're one of one and no one can do what you do, how you do it. That second part's the most important you know, similar skill sets, so on and so forth, relatively equal qualifications, but how you do it is going to have a different flavor, look and feel than somebody else. And then uh, the you are enough piece. I never want anyone to start from a deficit mindset. Your internal dialogue is so important when it comes to the job search. So try and capture and challenge those negative thoughts. Believe that you have the capability, the accomplishments and the value add to support any work environment you're going to enter into. And that will give you the confidence you need to really step in boldly and embody those things in how I show up each and every day in your job search and your job and all of that. So you are unique and you are enough. Nia to Bensi Enchil, everybody, a LinkedIn top voice for 2022. Thank you so much. Your insights got me amped up. I'm not even looking for a job <laughs> right now, but through me and everything, I'm just, I'm so grateful for you. So how can people get in touch with you and what are you up to these days? 
Sure. So I live on LinkedIn as most career coaches do. <laughs> so definitely connect with me on LinkedIn.com slash Niatu. I'm blessed to be the only Niatu in the world. So I got to give credit <laughs> and thanks to my mom for that one. I'll make sure rest in peace. And my website, AvenueCareers.com. Those are two best places to get in touch with me. Connect with me on LinkedIn, you know, DM me, email me, Niatu at AvenueCareers.com. And I'll be happy to connect and support all of you out there. In terms of what's next, what's next is a second daughter. <laughs> um, yeah, my my daughter, go. I guess by the time, I'm not sure when this comes out, but April 1st, uh, she'll be born. And I will be stepping into being a girl dad times two, which I'm super excited about. I'll have a 10-year-old and a newborn on my hands. It's going to be an awesome adventure. And following that, it's just getting back to, you know, working with clients. I'm looking to do more uh, corporate engagements, thinking about creating a coaching program. There are lots of things that are kind of in the air for me, but I'm looking forward to just continue to progress and grow my business and serve more people. Awesome. Well, Nia, too, it has been a pleasure getting to know you. And thank you so much for doing this episode. I wish you the best of luck and congratulations on your second Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, let's go. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Perfect. All right, listeners, this wraps up episode 261 of the Career Warrior podcast. We talked about some amazing things today. We got deep and we talked about vulnerability. We talked about authenticity and what ramifications it has for your job search. I will make sure, of course, to post the links that were mentioned in today's episode, how to get in touch with Niatu and the website in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you next week. Career Warrior Podcast. And before you go, remember, if you're not seeing the results you want in your job search, our highly trained team of professional resume writers here at Let's Eat Grandma can help. Head on over to letseatgrandma.com forward slash podcast to get a free resume critique and $70 off any one of our resume writing packages. We talk all the time on the show about the importance of being targeted in your job search. And with our unique writing process and focus on individual attention, you'll get a resume, cover letter, and LinkedIn profile that are highly customized and tailored to your goals to help you get hired faster. Again, head on over to letseatgrandma.com forward slash podcast. Thanks, and I'll see you next time. 